Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With up to 20% of cows with a level of lameness on grass-based farms, Ger Cusack from Cumra Vets and FRS manager Ned Dunphy join us to identify proactive measures farmers can take to reduce and treat incidents of lameness and promote good mobility on Irish dairy farms. I first asked Ger why lameness continues to be a challenge on farm. I would think it's a, it's a significant problem on, on Irish farms. Um, like what, what has happened over, over the last number of years is uh, performance around uh, cell count and um, instance of clinical mastitis has greatly, has, has, has greatly improved. Fertility performance has greatly improved, but I think many farms are still struggling uh, to, to, to get on top of, of, of the lameness challenge that they face. Uh, we've had a, a significant increase in the national herd and uh, a lot of farms are carrying 50% more cows than what they were carrying six or eight years ago. And uh, this, has, this has helped create uh, quite a challenge on a lot of farms. On many farms, cows are walking long distances and uh, roadways may not, be, may not be optimal. And um, there's quite a bit of pressure on cows, quite a bit of pressure on their feet. And it has created you know, quite a high incidence of, of lameness on many farms. Uh, Chagas did a study recently where they found that on the farms that they looked at, on any given day, 10% of the cows were lame. And on some of, of the poor performing farms, the incidence was as high as 20%. So uh, there is quite an amount of lame cows around. And I think it's, it's, it's an area that, uh, that the dairy industry uh, has a big challenge around. And you make reference to areas that have hugely improved, you know, in the area of other health and also fertility. To you, Nate, have you seen, um, I suppose, similar levels of lameness and experience similar um, to Jur? Yeah, def- definitely Emma, out there at the moment. Like the, it is like I suppose lameness is a huge cost, I believe, on farms at the moment. Apart from the welfare end of it, like you have, I suppose, every time a cow goes lame, like I suppose you have a lot of direct and indirect costs, like really, which could be broken down into kind of treatment, the treatment costs and the loss of production, like indirect costs, which can actually be seen. But then the indirect costs with farmers sometimes can see is, you know, like infertility. I mean, especially this time of the year when, when you're in the breeding season, a lame cow is not going to come into heat and maybe loses three weeks or she mightn't even come bullying at all. So that cow will actually not go back in calf. That's number one. And uh, uh, number two, then, you know, a cow that's very lame, you know, and has long-term lameness, maybe culled. So, I mean, the average cost they claim at the moment, like, and some figures there come, coming from uh, an English study, you're talking about around 350 euros per animal on average. I mean, some types of lameness, like, uh, Martellaro and that would would be at a lower level, but if you get a problem with sole ulcers and maybe white line damage, uh, like that's much much higher cost. Um, I suppose you could also add in the you know animals they lose condition and uh, and there are also what I believe you know from even from a moral point of view, um, you know farmers if they're watching cow, their cows lame like it it doesn't help the morale of people that are walking on the farm either. 
And you, you, you make a really good point, Ned. You know, there are some quite obvious impacts of lameness, but there are hidden, um, hidden side effects and, and hidden costs that, that you have identified. If we think about the lame cow to you, Ger, um, you know, that that animal is in um, pain, you know, and, and like where is the welfare concern and, and what is the welfare concern for that animal? Well, I suppose we're in a time now where welfare is 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 a higher priority for for consumers and for purchases of meat than what it would have been in the past, and uh, like lameness and uh, mobility problems are are the, the the biggest single welfare challenge that the dairy industry has. You have challenges around uh, 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 around calvings and around. Uh, the, the the whole birthing process, but uh, lameness is something that can cause a cow significant pain at any stage of the lactation, and uh, quite a few cows are being culled for lameness. And we we see on a lot of farms cows that uh, get lame, and uh, maybe they're not treated early early on or quickly enough, or maybe the 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 treatment they get isn't 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 the best. And we see quite a few cows that get lame and stay stay lame for the better part of their lives. So uh, I, I think it's really important that cows be uh, identified, lame cows be identified early on and that they be treated promptly and effectively. And uh, we want to avoid a situation where we get where we have cows that get that get lame and have uh, lame lameness follows them for the for the rest of their days. We have we certainly have to avoid those because they're uh, from a welfare perspective and from any sort of perspective they're they're uh, they're they're not what we what we want to have on farms. And Jer, is is pain relief a common part of the treatment process for lame cows? It's used in some cases. There's a there's 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 some good. Uh, research evidence to suggest that that uh, using pain relief and damping down the inflammatory process uh, in the foot uh, improves uh, long-term healing. So you have two benefits there. You have the relief of pain and you have improvement in treatment outcomes. But I think it would be fair to say the majority of cows that are treated on Irish farms for lameness uh, wouldn't receive uh, pain relief, but there is research evidence to show that the use of pain relief is a benefit and uh, and it improves treatment outcomes. And it's quite a logical thing because if you or I had a pain in our foot, you know, we'd know all about it and we would be, I suppose, pursuing some element of pain relief. So I think it is the same um, really for the animal. Ned, you referred to um, a financial figure of €350 uh, per um, incidence of lameness um, based on a UK study. And and you've alluded to a lot of the costs included in that. but like you say, I suppose that doesn't equate to um, a cow that is culled and you could maybe put a, a figure of 1500 euro to replace an animal. But, you know, are there incidents where a lame cow is just too lame and she is not going to recover? And the the best solution for that animal is to re- remove her from a system where she's, you know, she has a daily commute of, you know, 500 metres to a kilometre um, in and out of the parlour twice a day. What I believe, uh, Emma, is that it's important for farmers, especially if they have issues with with lame cows on the farm, is first of all, have a paddock or maybe um, a a, a bit of land near the parlour where the cows, number one, don't have to travel too far. 
because even from an animal welfare point of view, you don't want animals trying to walk long distances. Number two, I suppose, lame cows, if they're not treated in time, can become chronic. And, and when they become chronic, they're much harder to get a result. So, like, I think maybe one of the biggest issues at the moment, you know, that farmers have, and even hoof trimmers have, is that there's not a hoof, enough foot trimmers in the country to do the level of, of uh, work that's needed. Because all we would hope, like, uh, uh, would, would happen going forward, that we could kind of develop a hybrid system where farmers could actually initially, you know, when they see a lame cow, they can lift it themselves and they can examine it and maybe say, look, it, I, ca I can treat this one, I'll put a shoe on her, and then get in his hoof trimmer every couple of weeks to actually, you know, do the, the cows that are maybe not as lame or starting to go lame and maybe build a program, a very good program of helping to reduce the level of lameness on the farm. And that regularity, Ned, like say for a farmer who doesn't do any of the treatment of lameness themselves, how regularly should the hoof pair be in the yard? Well, I do believe, look, look at it, a lot of that will depend on the number of cows. A lot of that depends on the level of lameness that is on the farm. But I do believe like, you know, a lame cow, when a cow is lame, she should be treated as soon as possible. But the problem at the moment is because of, of the lack, I suppose, of numbers of foot trimmers, you know, you could be waiting a couple of weeks um, to, to get to get to a farm. And sometimes then the cow can become chronic at that stage. And like, I suppose the question you you asked me initially, you, you can end up with, with cows being culled because, I mean, once a cow becomes chronic, she always she will always have that problem. And she even if she becomes better after the treatment, she can revert back to lameness again later in the year. And if we look at the broader picture to you, Ger, um, you know, sustainability is something that we are becoming more and more aware of in the whole system um, of our dairy farms. Like what would the sustainability concerns be around um, lameness in dairy cows? Well, we're moving into a time now, Emma Louise, where um, the, 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 I think the name of the game is to try get as much as we possibly can. Out of, out of each individual cow. Uh, for, for a number of years there, it was all about uh, growing numbers and having a big number of cows. I think the, uh, the, the game from now on will be to have uh, maybe fewer cows and achieve a higher level of productivity per cow. And uh, by, I think where, where lameness and good lameness control comes in there is that if we have good hoof care and if we have prompt treatment of cows that 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 go lame and the farmers have a standing arrangement with, with, with a hoof trimmer and a cow that goes lame gets 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 treated promptly and effectively uh, will a fewer cows being culled as a result of, of, of foot problems and uh, if we achieve that we have a better chance of getting six seven or more lactations per cow. If we have a high instance of lameness and a lot of cows being culled for lameness, you can have quite a few cows being lost after two or three or four lactations. And uh, if we cost a replacement heifer at, we'll say 1500 euros per head, if you get if you get three lactations, that's 500 euros per lactation of an initial cost. Uh, but if you get uh, five lactations, well, down you're, you're down to 300. If you get seven lactations, you're down to around 200. So I think there's a, there's a significant gain there uh, if we can keep cows in the national herd 
for as long as possible and get as high uh, a number of lactations out of them as possible. And maybe we should be thinking in terms of, of, of lifetime production and trying to achieve high levels of lifetime production rather than focusing on, on, on annual yield. I guess some of the, the things that might uh, spring to mind now, you may have referred to before, but when we see a cow that's visibly lame, we are in reactive mode and we are treating a problem. Um, for both of you, um, could you give us maybe your top two or three proactive actions that a farmer themselves can take in order to minimise the level of lameness on their farm? And we might start with you, Ned. What we see on farms at the moment is has been a huge increase in the level of what we call mortalar disease in the feed. And like a very good way of controlling this or getting on top of it is a farmer does a, a good food bathing program. Now, a good food bathing program will actually help to reduce the level and the spread of the disease. And like, you know, if if on some farms we find that you can start with 10% problem with Matalaya, you could end up with a 50 or 60% problem. So a good fit foot bathing program, number one, is very important. Number two, and I suppose this time of the year, and um, it, it, we, we, you could relate to it, especially with with uh, with uh, silage and that, farmers, um, you know, getting their silage cut, keeping their roadways well. I think the biggest problem I have sometimes with, 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 um, with, with, with roadways is that farmers are allowing you know machinery to travel on the roadways they, you know big machinery they tend to tear up the roadways roadways cow roadways really should be for the use by cows and like you know if, if the roadways are good you will find you will you will have less lameness on the farm you'll have less problems with white line damage uh you'll have less problems with with drops and that in the feed so those are one or two um things that farmers could do they, Another thing I think is very, very important from a farmer's point of view is actually the handling of animals. I mean, because of the huge growth in the last number of years of the national herd, you know, there's bigger numbers of cows being, being um, you know, bought in and out for milking. And I think what's very important for, from a farmer's point of view is if they could, you know, allow the, the cows to walk at their own pace, because an animal is smart enough, they're not going to walk on stones or they're not going to walk, you know, um, on grease if you know they're allowed to walk at their own pace. But if they're being pushed along, they tend to step where they're not supposed to stand. So a very simple thing a farmer could use if, if he is in a good situation is use something like what we call a bat latch. And a bat latch actually, you know, you can set it to open maybe a couple of hours before you want to, the gap in the paddock to open a couple of hours before you want to um, go milking and the cows will start to walk in at their own pace. So those are a couple of points, I suppose, that, you know, farmers uh, could do, you know, going forward that will help definitely to reduce the level of lameness on, on, on the, in the hand. And to you, Ger, some of your top tips um, for proactive actions from farmers. I think what is, is very useful to try to get ahead of this on a farm and not just be in the situation where you're always uh, reacting to it. I think it, it's very useful if for larger herds in particular, if there was a standing arrangement with the local hoof, hoof, hoof trimmer or, or, or veterinary surgeon, whoever, whoever does their hoof care, and uh, that he comes in every fortnight or every, every three weeks, and that a, a, a concerted effort be made for 
to identify the cows that need care for those for fortnightly visits. And that might in, in involve a little bit of mobility scoring. And this doesn't have to be complicated. I think it's just a question of standing with a, with a, a clipboard outside outside the, the parlour door and watching cows as they come out and walk on that 30, first 30 or 40 metres on the concrete. And uh, just getting your eye in to pick up the mildly lame ones and getting those treated uh, early on in the course of the, the, the disease. With, with a lot of lameness conditions, it just doesn't appear uh, on a given day. It's something that's building for a number of weeks. So if we can get those cows treated promptly in the, early on in the course of the disease, we'll have far better outcomes. Uh, I also think that uh, there is a require, there's a need there or, or, or there's a requirement for, uh, you know, people that, that are, that are in dairy in, in, in a significant way. And we have lots of farmers that are in that position that uh, they have some capability of, of, of lifting a cow's foot themselves, that they have a facility that will allow them to do it, that they can lift a cow's foot and they can identify, you know, the common conditions that we see. Ned mentioned Martellaro. It's, it's, it's a condition that we see on, on, an, on an increasing level year on year. Um, uh, Something like a foul in the foot can be readily diagnosed by a farmer and can be can be easily easy easy easily treated with a bit of training. Um, farmers can can deal with uh, some of the white line disease or some of the soil bruisings. And uh, the advantage of a farmer uh, looking 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 after his own animals is the animals can get treated straight away. One of the difficulties with uh, having uh, somebody coming from outside is there's often quite a time lag before the animal gets treated and all the research shows that treating lame animals early and promptly uh, gives far better outcomes so they'd be the two the couple of the main things that i i i, I would have uh, i would suggest emma um, a standing arrangement with the with the uh the caregiver around hoof care and uh, prompt treatment of of cases as they arise and it, it, like if farms adopted that over time, they would get down the, the, the level of lameness in the herd. They're not going to achieve zero lameness, but you could get to the point where it would be down to an acceptable level. Like it is the instance on a lot of farms now is, 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 is higher than, than what anybody would like. There's some really, really interesting points there. And um, the standing arrangement with the hoof trimmer, I think, is is um, an interesting concept. And particularly given what you talk about, Ned, when they are in short supply and there is more uh, hooves to be trimmed than there are hoof trimmers. If you have a standing arrangement, you have a relationship built up with this person and they're more likely to to come and um, attend your farm. You know, it's regular work and, and it's, um, I suppose, regularly being paid. But that aspect that you've both mentioned about the um, the farmer having the ability to lift the hoof themselves and identify problems and get in and treat early. Ned, how can farmers educate themselves if this is something that they have never done previously? Well, I suppose just in saying that, Emma, we, we, we are involved in, in some training there at the moment. And like even the last couple of days, we had with six farmers on a course um, just really doing learning the basic skills and kind of, I suppose, as well as learning the basic skills, understanding the theory behind lameness. And maybe in fairness, you can learn how to trim feed, but you also need to need to learn how to prevent lameness on your farm. And a few points we made before this, which were very important of like the foot bathing, of improving your old ways, of improving maybe the size of, of where the cows are standing. Small little things, you know, I suppose, 
that can help the overall level of lameness in in in, in the herd. So like there is there is a course available there for farmers that want to learn. We're also hoping and maybe like you know maybe uh, through Tagus really I think and through the through the the colleges I think that every young farmer that goes through the college should learn the basic skills of 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 foot trimming. So at least when he comes on to back on back home, he can he can um, he can lift when he, the lame cow when he sees him, and he can also treat him. And then, like Jar was saying, have a standing arrangement every couple of weeks or every month with your foot trimmer. So you will never have a, a big level of lameness in your herd. And like I suppose from our point of view, like I mean, it it is such an animal welfare issue, and like you know, I suppose. In a sense, it's nearly becoming too acceptable as far as we're concerned, the level of, of lameness, like, you know, so like we, we need to get this down because it, it, it's, it's a huge cost and it's a huge animal welfare issue. And finally, to you, Ger, a little bit of a side point, but farmers will be letting the bull out over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, they're there for a short period of time and they're there with a job to do, but they are notorious offenders for getting lame. Why are bulls getting lame when they're out maybe with the cows for that four to six week period? And how can farmers prevent it? If we look at the hoof of a bull, the, the thickness of the sole is less than a centimetre thick. And why bulls go lame is just that they give their feet such hardship. Now, suckler bulls are able to work away fine because they're out in the fields. But your dairy bulls and your vasectomized bulls, particularly because they're quite young and their feet, their hoofs are quite soft. The actual hoof material is quite soft. And why they run into problems is just multiple repeat traumas. They're, they're jumping on cows on roadways on a hard surface. They're jumping on cows and collecting hearts on a hard surface. Uh, they're probably, uh, if they're young and vigorous, they're maybe chasing cows around the place. And uh, the, all of these uh, types of types of, 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 of jumps and chases and all this type of stuff, it's all foot trauma. And over time, what happens is the foot just gets extremely bruised or what can also happen is you can get a lot of excess wear the, the the actual sole gets quite thin and where you have a thin quite a thin sole you'll have a thin area called the white line which is very vulnerable and you get stones and grit getting penetrating then and uh, causing causing lameness but it's, it's just down to pure repeated multiple traumas in the majority of cases Emma for, for for bulls now in an ideal situation like what what should happen like is those bulls uh, shouldn't be uh, mounting cows on roadways or collecting yards and in an ideal situation as far as possible what what, what should happen is they should be kept in the paddock but like look obviously that's not that's not practical uh, but uh, I, I think the, the best alternative would be to have plenty of plenty of bulls to give them to give them good rest, to give them rest for a couple of days at a time, and uh, try avoid the situation where your where your bulls are mounting your cows under rough concrete conditions or rough roadway conditions, because 
they are the type of situations where they're likely to injure both their feet and possibly injure higher up in the limbs as well. But like you're right, it's a common problem. As, as, as a vet, we see a lot of bulls in trouble for the months of, of, of May, June and July. They're, they're, it's, it's quite a high risk business being a bull this time of year. And it's an interesting one because they're very costly to keep. And when you have them at work for a very short period of time, it is an awful shame when they do go lame. Um, to Ger and Ned, um, I'd like to thank you for your contribution to today's podcast. And I think um, we've gotten a really good insight into what we can do on farm um, to proactively uh, work on lameness. And as you say, it is not something that can be totally eliminated from a herd. There's no such thing as 0% lameness, but we can get a long way towards getting it down uh, to lower levels on farm. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Ned Dunphy and Jer Cusack for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.